0: From the food we eat, the air we breathe, the land we dwell, to the health of our body and mind and the well-being of all things in the universe. Unlock the Science with Chula Radio Plus. Welcome to Unlock the Science. I'm are Xe Lim. Informal workers constitute a much larger portion of the world's workforces than what we might have thought. We begin our story about them by showing you the plight of three such workers. We mention them only by their first names. At age 47, Mali has been out of job for several months now. She is considering leaving Bangkok for her hometown in order to get rid of rental costs. Before the COVID-19 pandemic, Mali was a domestic worker whose job security and welfare were entirely at the employer's mercy as her profession is neither well-recognized in the Thai society nor well-protected by the Thai labor law. Even before the event of COVID-19, Amnoi and her home-based worker colleagues already experienced the reduction of jobs as well as their income, a result of fierce competition from Chinese trade due to their cheap labor and much lower cost. Orders to make leather bags for customers has reduced to zero when the pandemic hit causing Amnui and others to find whatever way possible to make a living for their families. Panisara saw her massage therapist fellows cried as they had no idea how to make ends meet when the Thai government ordered massage parlors to be closed for several months. Most of them are single mothers who are main providers for their families, including those at home in the countryside. Although the Thai government has recently reopened massage parlors, foreign tourists, the main group of customers, are not here yet. And it seems that Thailand's tourism industry will take time to resume its prosperity. According to a report of International Labour Organization, or ILO, published in 2018, more than 60% of the world's employed population, equivalent to 2 billion people, earn their living in the informal economy. More than 6 out of 10 workers and 4 out of 5 enterprises around the world are in the informal sector. In some countries, informality takes up to 90% of the whole workforce. Informal economies are usually characterized by high levels of poverty and severe decent work deficits. Evidence shows that most people don't have a choice when entering the informal sector, Most of them become informal workers as a result of a lack of opportunities in the formal economy. Opposite to some previous forecasts, informal sector has not diminished over time and is even expanding in many countries. Informal workers often do not enjoy freedom of association or the right to organize and bargain collectively. According to ILO, the systematic denial of the right to organize is witnessed even in countries that have ratified international conventions on safeguarding such rights. Informality exists in every country regardless of their level of socio-economic development. However, it is more prevalent in developing countries. In Thailand, according to the 2020 statistics of National Statistical Office, which is a Thai government agency, Slightly over half of all employed people in the country were informal workers. In a report of Thailand's Department of Labor Protection and Welfare, published in 2018, it describes informal workers as workers who are not protected by labor protection laws and social security law. Therefore, they are always harder hit by any crisis. A study on the labor market in Thailand released in 2020 amid the surge of the COVID-19 pandemic by ILO said that workers in the informal sector were most affected due to their lack of income security and exclusion from comprehensive social protection measures. The loss of income among informal workers would push many over the poverty threshold, which is the minimum income of one U.S. dollar and 90 cents per day. As a result, the share of the working poor in Thailand was expected to increase from 4.7% to at least 11% of total employment. And even with some measures already put in place, only 7 out of almost 21 million informal workers in Thailand have so far been able to enjoy some protections under the social security system. We will learn more about the plight of informal workers from Pun Sap Soi Director of Foundation for Labor and Employment Promotion, or HOMENET Thailand, who has jointly done a study on informal workers in collaboration with the Global Network of Informal Women Workers and the Social Research Institute of Chulalongkorn University. Before the pandemic, People in the informal sector had already faced a lack of legal protection and social security. Could you tell us more about how their preconditions before the arrival of COVID-19 have worsened their lives during the pandemic?
1: As you know, informal workers are workers who are not protected by labor laws. So they are not compulsory to have social security as other formal workers. The worker work with the company will cover by social security law under Article 33, which they will receive seven benefits health, debt, disability, and maternity benefit, child allowance, elderly pension, and unemployment benefit. While informal workers can apply to be insured but through voluntary scheme and got only four benefits like uh, they will get compensation when they get sick. Uh, and when they are hospitalized, they get debt benefit, disability benefit, and elderly pension. So they have no unemployment benefit and child allowance and maternity benefit. So during COVID spreading, they can't work. So they have no income and no unemployment benefit. So it's hard time for them Before COVID came, some workers have already faced difficulty, such as street vendors. They have been evicted. So when COVID spreading, they earn very little. It's it's like it's a double crisis for them. So um,
0: you have done the research about the impacts of COVID-19 on different groups of the informal sector in Thailand. Could you share with us more about the research and also uh, about who they are and what similar struggles that they have been facing?
1: We did a survey with uh, six occupational of informal worker groups, including home-based worker, street vendor, motorcycle taxi driver, domestic worker, Voice speaker and massage therapist, during COVID pandemic, they can't work and they got uh, less income. Some of them even got zero income, especially home-based worker and massage therapists. They must spend all their savings on their working equipment, sell their assets. Sometimes they borrow money from relatives or even money lenders finding from our study, is found out that nearly 50% of them reduce food consumption, you know, that they have to skip meal. Uh, And the other issue is in term of their mental health, they feel stress, anxiety and depression, especially single moms, Uh, they face the worst situation. They have to work with little income to feed their family. And have to support the student to learn online. It can say that uh, the quality of life is very low in this uh, situation.
0: From your experiences talking and learning from the informal workers, what are the needs and demands that many of them have in common?
1: All of the informal worker groups that uh, we work with, they talk the same thing. They need job. They need income. You know, even though the government support, give the Care support, it can help, but it's not enough. And it's uh, for short time. They told us that if they can work, it will help them a lot. It will help them recover from bad economic situation. How the government will support them to keep on working. The government should provide small grants with no interest because it's very hard to pay back. They are broke. They need capital support to start their business again. The government needs flexible regulation to support street vendors, motorcycle taxi drivers, and others. Let them rent and earn income. Moreover, in terms of uh, universal shy allowance, women workers face a lot of problems. If the government provides universal shy allowance, it will hurt them a lot. In Thailand, we have seen through different
0: economic crises that the informal sector is a very important alternative for workers who have been affected by the changes. What the future holds for the informal sector might not be the same as before as a result of the pandemic. Could you tell us more about it?
1: Because the economic situation is changing, they need to upgrade their skills to get the job like in terms of uh, digital literacies and how to do o- online marketing. Some of them, uh, they also need to change the occupation because of the new normal. So they need to reskill. They need skill development. Government needs to concretely think about this issue to help their recovery. In terms of the social protection, social security system need to rethink for social security for all, not compulsory or voluntarily.
0: We have been talking about the impacts on the formal workers themselves. Could you share with us some thoughts on how we as a society are also affected directly or indirectly when the formal workers are
1: not well taken care of? Well, informal workers have local economy level. They provide food, non food, and services to the society. They are part of the supply chain. If they can't survive, the circle will be cut. Local economy will not move. Producers can't sell their product. They will have no money to buy goods from the store. Company will hardly sell their products too. And the government will not get income tax. No money to develop the countries. From academic data, it shows that nearly fifty percent of country GDP are from informal workers. So you see how big of the problems.
0: That is the conversation I have with Punsap Pan, director of Foundation for Labor and Employment Promotion or HomeNet Thailand. We will take a short break now. You are listening to Unlock the Science on Chula Radio Plus. In our current way of life, smartphones and internet play a big role. Streets are full of riders employed by platform companies to deliver food to people's homes as owners of restaurants and shops have joined the platform economy. It is obvious that demand for online shopping with home delivery is on the rise for all kinds of goods from ready-to-eat food, groceries to pet care, and alcoholic beverages. There is a need to accelerate digitalization and make it easy to find and purchase items online. But in the current profit-driven economy, not everyone is ready, equipped, or even allowed to adopt the new economy. Joining an online delivery platform is not that cheap. The vendors, whether it is restaurants or shops, and motorbike riders will have to pay to online platforms a considerable portion of their earnings. For major applications popular among consumers, platform companies usually charge restaurants and shops a fee of 15 to 30% of the order value. For instance, if the cost of the dinner you have ordered is $100, U.S. the restaurant will earn only $70 maximum, while the online platform company will get a cut of $30. Furthermore, the motorcycle taxi rider who delivers the food to your home will have to pay another certain fee from what he earns from his delivery trip to the platform company as well. In addition, some applications charge restaurants and shop owners and riders an entry fee and or even monthly service fee. With all these costs, many of small vendors and riders simply cannot afford to join international or regional platforms. Could an online platform developed locally by Thai people help solving this problem of inaccessibility? At Julalong University, a delivery platform project was launched in 2021 in collaboration with other organizations to help these small shops and riders. The platform known as Tam Sang Tam Song, meaning roughly as Deliver As You Order, was developed as a community based service, allowing consumers vendors, and riders to negotiate and set the delivery price. The platform developers do not charge any fee from any party involved. The service is now available in six different communities, mostly in Bangkok, plus another location in the southern resort island of Phuket. The developers applying an economic concept known as Social and Solidarity Economy, or SSE, plan to double the number of locations accessible to Tamsang Tamsong to a total of 13 in 2022. According to International Labor Organization, or ILO, the social and solidarity economy is a viable solution to rebalancing economic, social, and environmental objectives in order to solve social problems caused by the current profit-driven system. ILO has not yet provided an official definition of the social and solidarity economy. However, at a regional conference in 2009, the organization explained the SSE as a concept designating enterprises and organizations, in particular cooperatives, mutual benefit societies, associations, foundations and social enterprises, which have the specific feature of producing goods, services, and knowledge while pursuing both economic and social aims and fostering solidarity. Up next, I talk to Akhanat Wantanasombat, a researcher at Institute of Asian Studies, Jualalongan University, who plays a key role in the SSE Best Tamsang Tamsong Delivery Platform project. Could you tell us what Tamsang Tamsong project is about and what is the motivation that drives you to initiate this project or the core problem that you want to tackle?
2: I would say that um, to understand what is Tamsang Tamsong, you can probably divide it into two layers. The first one is the economic activities. The term Tamsang Tamsong means food delivery and passengers' delivery. For motorcycle taxi. On the second layers, uh, problems that we would like to track was actually based on the research that I conducted for a few years. The findings of the research, we found that although platform economically has lots of opportunities, efficiencies, growth and wealth and employments and so on it also leaves some problems for example the unfair of the system we found that some of the uh, stakeholders in the ecosystem may have less uh, negotiation power compared to the company to tackle this kind of problems then we create this project that aims to increase negotiation powers of each stakeholders in the ecosystem the motorcycle taxi or the so called riders and also the uh, restaurant owners. Why we initiated this project was that during the pandemic, we relied a lot with the food daily platforms because you know the so-called lockdown policy, we were not allowed to eat at the restaurant. And that creates a lot of problems for many restaurants that they couldn't know how to use technology well. So they couldn't sell at all. There are some of the... Um, Shops owners that bankrupt during the pandemic. So, we see lots of restaurants, motorcycle taxi also um, got affected by the situation as well. You know, the incomes of the motorcycle taxi was dropped down a lot. According to my survey, it's dropped more than 70%. So, we came up with the idea that, well, um, why don't we create a simple platform that stakeholders in the ecosystem can join together, share profits and benefits. If um, there is a platform that not share any profit from restaurants owners or didn't require any commission from the motorcycle taxi driver, and at the end, the consumers don't have to pay more. In Tamsang Tamsung project, you also
0: use the social solidarity economy concept as one of the frameworks. Could you tell us more what it is about?
2: The key concept of the social solidarity economy was that we are not only relying on profit, but we uh, concern on something beyond profit, which is you know benefits. It can be uh, something that you could not monetize into the money value, but social value. You have to think of how to make stakeholders in the ecosystem have. The sense of ownership. It's not winner takes all model. It's rather win win or loss loss situations.
0: Yeah. And um, how do you really implement SSE in the Tham Sung project to make them have
2: that sense of ownership? We got seed money, you start up language. We got <laughs> seed money from um, Thai Health. Promotion Foundation and Julalong Gong University. Um, when we initiate new, we call it Node, the location that um, we work with. We get in, we try to reach groups of stakeholders. Different groups will have to create different activities, make them more unite, make them talk to each other more. The next step was that we invited them, different groups to um, agree on some certain things. For example, how to run activities. What would be delivery fees that they will get from the customers? What would they agree on the contributes of the cost? So this kind of thing will have to, to base on the consensus. So
0: the prices in each community will be different depending on right. the
2: consensus that they make together. Right. If the motorcycle taxi would like to get more, then the consumer will say, well, that's too high. We would not happy to pay. Then the restaurant owner couldn't sell their food. So this wouldn't happen. So they will have to negotiate among themselves.
0: In Thailand right now that we are facing the impact of the pandemic, right, on our economy and the job, se- job security, plus also the inequality in the digital economy that is now growing. Looking into the near future, can we say that we must change because the current economy we're in is not functioning? And can we say that the concept of social solidarity economy
2: is the key? Look at the daily platform As an example, process, the company matching jobs for the riders, you will see that they will have to uh, compete each other. So they don't have the the sense of collective power. They have no power to negotiate with the platform to get better income, to get better conditions of work and so on. So the platform has power to squeeze them. It's non-negotiable. The social and solidarity economy turn you upside down because we give power to um, every stakeholders in the ecosystem. We decentralize, we give them the ability to control every process by themselves. When you look at Tamsang Tamsung, well, I, I would like you to see true activities of, you know, food daily platform, but I would like you to see how the social and solidarity Concept can be fit into the new type of economic activities like the platform economy. How it can turn from the money making machine to the benefits that every stakeholders in the ecosystem can share together. Um, this can be applied to some other economic activities as well. Other informal sectors like uh, domestic workers. Um, the masseuse or um, the freelance um, workers. Many occupations can apply the same system and create their own uh, ecosystem that fair to everyone in the society.
0: The COVID nineteen pandemic has worsened working conditions and livelihood of informal workers, while the new way of living is pushing them to change and adapt faster than before, according to ILO. Without the formalization of this informal sector, with a process tailored to their specific circumstances, decent work for all and equity in society will remain an illusion. Informal workers need adequate resources and support, in both short and long terms, to make it happen. And because they are very important to our economy, the survival of these informal workers means the survival of our societies as well. Unlock the Science would like to thank Poon Sapsun Mung Dulapan, Director of Foundation for Labor and Employment Promotion or HomeNet Thailand, and Akanat Wantanasongbat, Researcher at Institute of Asian Studies, Chulalongkorn University, for sharing their insights on this key sector of workers in our society. I hope you enjoy our program. You can listen to Unlock the Science on Chula Radio Plus at FM 101.5 every Saturday from 1 p.m. to 1.30 p.m. You can also listen and follow us on our website, curadio.jula.ac.th, and our Facebook page. Our show is also accessible as podcasts, including on Apple and Spotify. See you again next Saturday. Have a nice day. Unlock the Science is edited and produced by Sinfa Tunsodawud.